welcome back to the podcast. You've been on the podcast before. So why don't you go ahead and recap like that episode, like how you were feeling, not having a lot of community. You had just gotten married. Yeah. Recap all of that for everyone. So here's the summed up version from last episode to now. Basically, I graduated from college got married and moved across the country all in the same month. You're crazy. Yeah, I was crazy. Little little Abby didn't know what was going on. So it all happened very quickly. And then all of a sudden, I found myself living in Washington State on different coasts. My husband, James, is in the Army. And he went to work at 5 a.m. every day and didn't get back till 5 p.m. It was like completely isolated, no job, no friends, no family, the whole nine. So it was a really rough time for me. And I had a lot of time to think and a lot of time to reflect. I put something on my story, basically reaching out to those that are also feeling that post-grad or just like life in your 20s after college is so weird. Or even What do you do now? <laughs> right. Like even yeah. if you didn't go to college, like how do you mm-hmm. make friends as an adult when you're not in school? How do you yeah. find community and how do you get involved in a church with the way that the past two years have been like so many questions. So I put something out of my story. And then Abby reached out to me and we were able to have a really, really cool conversation that at the time encouraged me so much. And I feel like it did fuel me into taking practical steps to fixing like the funk I was in. I don't even know how to explain it. And so now I'm on the other end of it where I feel like I have heard from God when I wasn't hearing from God before. I have taken some steps for myself and I want to talk about it because It's one thing to relate to people when you're in it, but I think we also have to hear what it's like to be on the other side of things too. One thing that you had mentioned, you had all this time alone with your thoughts. Literally like two days ago, I was sitting in my room and I just felt like I'm lonely. No one cares about me. And this like funk where I was like, I know this is all lies and it's not true, but like couldn't get out of it. I ended up just journaling and just listening to worship music and that kind of thing. But I was wondering like what you did or what you do if you're just feeling that because even though like for you that was kind of like a season like that was a couple weeks or months where you felt that way Mm -hmm. but even for people where it's like a day or a couple weeks or whatever where they're just feeling this like funk of like I know they're all lies I know God's with me but like I don't feel that what would you say to them well here's a first little like questionnaire if you are feeling lonely and maybe you're going through something what I realized with myself is I could not be alone with my own thoughts. And that is why I knew that I wasn't doing well. So if you're listening to this and you feel like you have to have a podcast on, you have to be like have music on, have have TV on in the background. That's me. I have to have reality TV if I'm alone. I'm like, I need people talking. Yes. If you have to have a podcast on, if you have to have stand-up comedy on, I don't know where (laughs) you're at. Yeah. But if it's you and you can't just be alone in silence, if there's an issue, and it doesn't mean like, that's okay. I don't want people to feel like, oh my gosh, like there's something wrong with me. But that's kind of like, maybe if you had a check in your spirit, you're like, wait, I actually do that. That means that there are probably some things that we have to process that we are not wanting to, (laughs) or there are probably some thoughts in there that are a little Mm -hmm. scary that we don't really want to think about. So we drown it um, with the sound of other people or I go on Marco mm-hmm. Polo or FaceTime my friend and I just want to talk, talk, talk because it's when the silence. The silence. 
Yeah. You're like, oh, I'm not okay. Yeah. What I would say to people that are feeling that is be patient with yourself. Don't be afraid of it and don't be ashamed mm-hmm. of it either. Because as you see, Abby and I are laughing right now because we both experienced it. It's so normal. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't make it okay. I don't want to like glorify it, but it is, it's normal, especially yeah. for people our age in this season of life. So when you feel lonely, you know, recognize it as loneliness, but then also take a few steps to challenge yourself. I will say when you're in the heat of loneliness, like that emotion is heavy. So if you do just need to have that night to like watch reality TV, (laughs) listen to worship music and just not do anything, take that night. But then maybe that next morning, wake up and Mm -hmm. jot down some practical things of like, I'm going to reach out to this person on Instagram and ask them to get coffee. I know they live in my area. We follow each other. We've never really talked. I'm going to do that. And I'm not going to be afraid of rejection. Like I'm going to step out or you know what? I'm going to go to that church I've been looking at on Instagram and ask to join a life group or go to a connection table. If you can just have one physical challenge for yourself that's practical to get you out of loneliness, that's a win. And that's when things really started changing for me. And I also think it depends on the loneliness of I'm lonely. I need to reach out. Like, I feel like that was kind of your spot. You're like, I'm in a new place. I feel lonely. I need to reach out, but I have no one to reach out to. And I'm trying new churches, but I'm always the new person. So like, I feel like there's that type of loneliness. And then there's the loneliness of, I do have people around me all the time. I'm feeling this way, but I don't need to always be around people. Like I do need to sit And maybe God just wants me to talk to him and not always be busy with going places or seeing people or doing things, watching TV, listening to podcasts, whatever it is, but just sit and actually take time to listen to him or think about what I'm thinking about. Because like you said, it's so easy to be like, I don't want to be alone with my thoughts and the silence. I'm coming from a position of loneliness is like literally alone, like singularly. Yeah. In college, I would feel lonely in a room full of 50 people. It can come in different ways. And that's so true. If you are experiencing that, ask yourself why. Somebody told me once, ask yourself why five times. Be like that little annoying kid. (laughs) If you can ask yourself why five times, you can often get to the root of why you're really feeling the way that you are. Wow. I'm lonely. Why? Because I have no friends. Why? Because I moved to a new state. Why? And you kind of wean it down to like, okay, the root issue is you're upset that you're in a new place and you haven't adjusted. Yeah. Now let's work from there instead of just like the issue is I'm lonely. this broad thing of like, I'm lonely and alone. Why am I feeling lonely? It's because I'm around a bunch of people, but I don't feel like anyone gets me. Okay. Why don't you feel like anybody gets you? And then you start to kind of like work through it. And then that's when you can kind of feel out where you're at and how yeah. you can get yourself out of the hole you're in with God. Then you can also pray more specific prayers and have the Lord open up areas of your life that you're like, whoa, this is way deeper than I expected to be. Be an annoying toddler. That's the title of this episode. <laughs> yeah, there we go. That was our life lesson for the day. Oh man. Okay. Now tell us about what life looks like now, how you're feeling, the different changes, because you're still you know, in the same place, but like, what are some things that have changed since then? When did we have you on the podcast? I think it probably was August. I just remember it was really hot outside. <laughs> so like what, six months ago, seven months ago, something like that? Yeah. Okay. Update us. A good amount of things have changed. I mean, I think, you know, on the practical, just like adult mm-hmm. side of things, I got a full-time 
job. That's big. Yeah, that was something <laughs> that we kind of prayed mm-hmm. for a lot was just for me to find a job that could also serve as like yeah. community for me. It's been really hard to find Christian community out here. So I was praying a lot for a Christian job, which felt impossible. Um, And I just started like adding it to my prayer list. And then we went on Indeed one day and I found a job at a Christian counseling office in our area. Wow. It was so random. And I applied and got the job and started in September. That's been a big thing that's filled up my life, but also really helped me to put myself out there. It was humbling. I'm not going to lie. I feel like this might be like another post-grad experience. Mm -hmm. Graduated with a major in ministry and a minor in psychology. And I am working full-time as a receptionist. I don't feel like I'm really like using my passions to the greatest extent. Um, But it's been really cool to see how like God still uses my gifts and my calling just in literally making phone calls every day. Yeah. So that's been one thing that has changed and helped fill up my time. I'm just a person that always does need to stay pretty busy. And so I've started working. And then through that, it's been really cool because getting that job, I now am not only tied into a Christian community, but these are people that were born and raised in my area who are Christians. Oh, wow. They're like super familiar with all the churches mm-hmm. in the area, all the different things that are going on. So it's been really cool because just getting that one job has opened up doors for a lot of other things. We talked on the last episode, I have a small business called Happy Loom, yes. where I make wall hangings. One of my coworkers got me plugged in with this girl who hosts a bunch of small business markets in the area. It was a lot of just like people connecting me. I've had to do a lot of reaching out in the past six months. It was really scary at first. I feel like DMing people on Instagram, asking them to get caught, like people I don't even know and like Mm -hmm. out there. The first few times I did it it was like so awkward and discouraging. How did you know of them? Like through church or something or work? It was really just through my job that connect me with like, oh, like this person, like she has her own small business. She's your age. She's married. Like here's her name. And that was really nice of them to do. Yeah. But it was kind of then on me to like reach out, getting involved in like looking at other churches and um, reaching out to people there like about our situation that we're new. And it's hard to put yourself out there. But once I started doing it and actually started connecting with people, getting involved in different communities, doing small business stuff, markets, whatever, started to become easier and easier to put myself out there and not be afraid of the rejection and if that person's going to like me or not and if we're going to get along. Well, and as an RA too, I feel like you already had all of that skill because that's like half the job. I know I've had to tap into a lot of things that I learned from college. I don't have, you know, a good tight group of close friends right now. And that's something I still pray for. And I definitely want, but it has just been like slowly, but surely asking for coffee, reaching out, following up with them, like not being like, oh, well, I asked them the first time. So I'm going to wait for them to reach out to me because I don't want to annoy them like yeah. there were so many thoughts in our head that shut us down from mm-hmm. having community around us because we yeah. don't want to be a burden we don't want to be annoying and just learning to silence those lies has helped me a lot that is huge the lies that is something that I've been talking to a lot of people about or how much like Satan just comes at your mind the way you look or your talents or around like your friendships, relationships, all that kind of stuff, how the devil just likes to go after that. Like I was saying, like feeling lonely that night, 
It's like, I know that I'm not alone. I have a lot of friends. I'm good. That lie, I couldn't shake it for a couple hours. Just like, it just felt so real. And so for you saying that, like all these lies of what, what you were thinking, what you were believing, it's so easy to do that. And that's when you really have to take those captive and be like, okay, this is not from God. Throw it away. <laughs> they seem so real. I think that's just a prayer that we have to praise. Like, God, help me separate the truth from the lies. Like, shed light on these thoughts that I'm having and really help me discern what is you and what is not of you. One of the counselors at my work was talking to me and she said one of her best friends that lives in her neighborhood was an army wife, a military wife that walked up to her at the bus stop and was like, hey, I see you like here every day with your daughter and you seem really cool. And I just moved to the area and I was wondering if you want to get sometime. And they've become great friends and they hang out all the time and you know it was just a crazy experience because this woman who's a military wife she's learned that she has to be like that because she moves all the time she just has to put herself out there and like when she asked me that was just so funny because I would never think to do that but like when would you ever say no if somebody came up to you and was like hey you seem really great like would you want to get lunch sometime or something like that but yet we tell ourselves if we ask someone that it's weird and they're not going to want to do it and that doesn't really make any sense I feel like everyone wants community everyone's looking for friendship did you find a good church because I know you were looking for that last time last time we talked yeah um we found a church again through my work it's wow your work has been a blessing (laughs) yeah I know it's just cool like to know local people so that's like a big game changer if you move to a new state like whether it's a church or a job like ask local people questions like ask them what churches are good ask them what coffee shops are good yeah there's one church in the area that's really big and they have a few like extension sites but what's interesting is like a lot of church extension sites will just like simulcast the big church we found one in our area it's an extension site but they have like a campus pastor that preaches every Sunday so it's really like its own small church just under a bigger church system which is kind Mm -hmm. of cool they have like all the structure all the ministries in place but it's like more personal and the pastor used to be the youth pastor at this other church so he has a heart for young couples and that's what we really struggled to find yeah was a church that was that had a bunch of different aged congregation but like was focused on young adults so we've been going there um we've been going on Sundays we've been a little bit anxious about getting involved that's been something I've been insecure about and it's that same thing that lie of like people aren't going to want to use us I don't know where like we'll be able to fit in and all of that I don't want to come on too strong it's like those things where you're like why are you telling yourself that you can't get involved at a church that makes no sense and there's probably people that need what you would bring and how god uses you and like someone needs you there and so of course the enemy is going to be like telling us all the time like there's no place for you at this church there's no place for the things that you carry and so that's Mm -hmm. kind of what we're walking through now is like getting up the (laughs) courage to be able to actually like take a step forward and get involved. I've realized with church hopping, like you really only find the community if you're serving and involved in the church. Yeah, it's true. Okay. So you've got a church trying to get involved with that. You've got a good job. Your small business is doing well. You have a puppy. Dude. Also, if you're feeling lonely, you should just get a dog. (laughs) (laughs) What kind of dog did you get? He's a golden retriever. I prayed a lot for him because I really (laughs) wanted a dog that would be able to 
be like emotionally yeah. intelligent I knew I was emotionally just like not yeah. doing well and we knew that I needed some support especially with James mm-hmm. in the military like if he ever goes away and things like that I just wanted a bigger dog that would be able to like feel my vibe he has been that through and through like he is so great just last night James worked an overnight shift so he didn't come home and his name's Gus my dog um, Gus literally he, he normally sleeps in the crate just like slept at yeah. my feet the whole night I was okay he's wonderful it's just nice like having something to take care of you're a dog mom and a wife and you have a full-time job and you can give your house and you're moving and all these things that's crazy yeah it was really wild and I feel like it was you know months and months of just nothing happening yeah. me praying and praying for things to change and nothing was happening and making prayer lists and feeling happy and encouraged some days and feeling so discouraged because nothing was changing everything in my life felt like it was at a standstill like groundhog day everything was I just got to a point where even around the time where we filmed the last episode or recorded Mm -hmm. it whatever I was like angry yeah even talking about all that stuff talking about where I needed to be mentally I still wasn't fully there it really came to a head in January James found out he's probably gonna well we'll definitely be here for like the next year maybe two years we just found out we might be here a little bit longer than I personally expected and I was so upset I just broke down like I was like blaming all all of my issues on this place and I was like I cannot be here any longer like as long as I'm here God can't use me as long as I'm here I'm not gonna be happy not gonna happen all of those negative feelings just like came flooding in at once and it was the start of a new year so you know new year's day you're like trying to reset your life making resolutions Mm -hmm. I just had a moment where I was really praying and spending time with the lord of like okay I have to come to terms with this I now officially need to realize Mm -hmm. that I'm going to be here for the next year or two so am I really gonna sit around and be miserable or am I gonna like do something with where I'm at yeah so I was just like God why is nothing changing what's going on and I felt like the Lord tell me well you haven't said yes to being here wow I was like thinking about it like yeah I mean I'm here because I have to be but I have not accepted the fact that like I'm here and you put me here God placed James and I here and God like I say yes to your plan for me I was like fighting it with everything in me emotionally like mentally was not here Um, and so God was like this is where I've brought you I chose to do this this is my plan for you or marriage for you personally so like when are you going to say yes to that? It was almost like I realized because I was not okay and not saying yes to God's plan for my life, he couldn't do all of the things that he wanted to do. Mm. God can do anything. But that's how it felt in my head was like, oh my word, I feel like I've been holding myself back. I just had a moment where I officially was like, God, I say yes to being here. And I told James about it and you know, we both together as a unit were like, God, we say yes. And we're sorry that we fought. And it was like a wow. physical like release. Okay, now it's officially in God's yeah. hands. There's nothing else I can do here. You guys obeyed by going and doing it because you guys were called there. You now are in like a cheerful obedience. Not like I'm obeying you because I have to do it. You told me to be here. I'm going to do it. But you're like, okay, God, This is not what I would choose for myself, but this is where you have me. And I'm going to just be the best me that I can be here. I'm going to just enjoy it as much as I can here. Yesterday, I was reading my devotions and I can't remember where 
I read it, but it was saying, I think it was in Psalms, how God just wants mm. like your heart and how through like the Old Testament, people gave sacrifices and it wasn't like the sacrifice God wanted. He's like, I don't need your animal. I'm not hungry. I don't need your food. Yeah. You know, the whole purpose of it is that you give me your heart. Mm. And I think that's a lot of times where we miss it. Okay, God, I'm going to do what you want me to do. I'll do it when you know, whatever. But he's like, no, I want you to have a cheer. You know, like when they sit, talk about like tithing, be a cheerful giver. It's all about the heart. And that's like where you're at now is I don't understand. This is not where I would go, but okay, God, you have me here. Let's do this thing. Literally. And that's such a good way to put it. It almost was this, the feeling of when you were a kid and something bad was happening at school and you finally got the courage, mm-hmm. you were trying to handle it on your own, but you finally got the courage to tell your parents and your parents were like, <laughs> we've got this. Yeah. And you're not in trouble and you're like, okay. And like they call the school, like they do what they have to do. And you're like, oh my gosh, everything's okay. You know, that's how it felt was almost like wow. I was trying yeah. to figure it all out on my own. Then I was getting mad at God when he wasn't figuring out when I never really asked him to figure it out. I just expected him to. And then it was finally like, okay, God, like you put me here. Like you've got to make a way because it feels like there's no way the Lord stepped in like a father and was like, thank you. I've got it under control now. And the fact that he was working that whole time, you just didn't see it. You know, it wasn't like he was just sitting there like she's not having a good time. We'll see when she reaches out to me. You know, (laughs) it's like he was preparing you and preparing that job opening. He was doing all those things. I've been reading so much in Joshua. There's that song. It says, walking around these walls, I thought by now they'd fall, but you have not failed me yet. Mm-hmm. And I think about that a lot mm-hmm. when it's like, okay, God, like I've been praying for this for months or I don't understand why it's not fixed yet. And I'm walking around these walls. I'm walking around these walls. Why is it not fixing or like, you know, why is it not falling down? But God is working the entire time. He's never failed us. Like there's that altar at the Jordan River to remind us of like what he's done. Mm. Another thing in Psalms I read the other day, it says, honor me by trusting me in the hard times. And I didn't even think about that way. But the fact that we literally honor him when we trust him, when we can't Mm. see it, when it's difficult, that's where you guys are at. You know, you're in this part where you're like, okay, God, I'm trusting you. And that's bringing God honor, which is so pleasing to him. Turning your always asking and asking and trying to Mm -hmm. figure out God's ways into praising him. In Joshua, when it talks about that, like they praised him the whole way around when they were marching around the walls. You know, we still have prayers, but we just changed our mindset from like, instead of asking all the time, we just trusted the Lord that he knew the desires of our hearts and then just supplemented that with praise and focusing on gratefulness. Mm -hmm. Like, yes, I might not have everything that I want out of my life right now, but I have a roof over my head. I have an awesome husband. Like there are so many things I do have that other people don't. And it was like a perspective change to the thousandth degree. Like everything just changed at once and it has change everything. And the fact that like you're asking God for these next things, whether it's to move out of that state or to find you for whatever it is, but you can look at the other things you prayed for, like praying for now your husband or praying for having a dog or like little things that like God has done. And now it's like, okay, I know you've done this. So now I know that you're going to do this. Praising him through it is so good. And I want to bring up fasting. Yeah. 
because you had talked about that. People have different thoughts on fasting and it's not really talked about and all those things. So I know that that was part of it. Like you fasted. Can you kind of talk about that a little bit? Yes, that is a great place to land. I feel like that was on top of having that moment with God. I feel like that was when the practical like really stepped in to everything. And for me as an adult, I feel like since college, as I've made my faith my own, practical things just really mean a lot to me because I feel like a lot of what I grew up in church hearing was just a lot of big words and emotions but there were no practical steps to follow it out and I was like why do I keep finding myself in the same place you know becoming an adult I've never actually fasted just by choice on my own you do like food or technology or like social media I know we did like a mix of whatever when I was growing up and even in college when we did like fast well I was like I'll give up social media what I need that anyway. you know like just like the easy I gave up sugar for the week <laughs> literally whatever was a challenge and this was like a 21 day fast at our church but what was really interesting was like our pastor kind of broke down what fasting meant and I actually wasn't going to do it because I was like I I always do these fasts. I never get anything out of them. Um, and we talked about fasting. And I was like, oh crap, I've been thinking about it all wrong. I'm going to do it. For my fast, I did a bunch of little things. I just thought of anything mm. that like took up my time and took me away, like distracted me. Yeah. The same thing of like, what is that noise that yeah. is drowning out what's mm. really going on? For me, that was TikTok, Instagram, mm-hmm. reality TV. I don't know. I just went through my like a list in my head of like, what is the one thing I put on when I just want to numb out? And then sugar or like sweets, sugar as a whole, not even just like desserts, mm-hmm. just sugar. I, for some reason, like that's the first thing I go to when yeah. I'm stressed like, out or when I don't mm-hmm. want to think. Um, And so just like junky food in general. So we just like really cut it all out. My husband cut out alcohol as well. Wow. We both thought through it and chose like a whole thing. So we made like our own fast. What was really cool about this fast was growing up and, you know, mm-hmm. this could be my experience could be different than everyone else that's listening to this but growing up the church that I had attended and the way that I was taught fasting was very much about like receiving from God um in a sense of like if you want something from God the way to get it is to fast this is completely wrong just gonna like spoiler alert it's not yeah um but like growing up and my parents got saved when they were a little bit older and my brother and I were younger so we were so new to everything and we were kind of taught whatever you're praying for whatever you need we would name our fasts what we needed wow (laughs) yes it was very much of I wouldn't say like prosperity but just that idea of like I'm going into this because I want something from God and this is how I'm going to push God to give me what I want and I didn't think of it like that when I was Mm -hmm. younger I just thought that's what it was and through college as well and then I went to church and they talked about how the whole goal of fasting the whole reason why we fast is to connect with God it is not about getting what you want getting what you want it's not about god breaking you down wow. it's not about like you know you being miserable for the sake of god <laughs> like about any of that it is literally about deepening your connection with god and whatever comes from that comes from that which is gonna be good because you're connecting with god right you're with god so it's gonna be beneficial and fruitful (laughs) what a huge shift to see fasting from the sense of these things are happening in my life 
because I'm connecting with God. Wow. Rather than, wow, these things are happening in my life because I chose to fast. I chose to stop watching TikToks for five hours every day. Wow. Now I'm getting the apartment that I was praying for. Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So that was, it was wild. And it was so funny because, you know, obviously we all have needs. So I did go into the fast praying for specific things. We decided to do it together. The first day of our fast, we had been praying for a new apartment. And this one apartment wanted to move into the unit we wanted. They didn't have any available and they didn't know that they would for months, whatever. The first day of our fast, we got a call that this unit that we wanted, like the exact unit that we wanted was available. Um, And that was like the big thing that I would have probably named the fast. And it was like, God gave it to us on the first day. And I I just almost laughed. It was like, God was like, okay, I got that out of the way. Now let's focus on connecting. Right. She didn't have to do that because that's not what it was about anyway. But it was so funny. As soon as I shifted it, God loves us so much. He's like, you know what? I'll give it. Here's the apartment. Was there ever a part in the fast that was really hard or like you felt like, okay, I'm, I'm done or it's, I'm not really, I mean, you had the apartment the first day, which that is a pretty great thing. But was you ever like day 20? You're like, okay, I just really want to go on TikTok and I'm tired of reading my Bible or like, I'm not getting anything right now. It really was that like being alone with your thoughts. Obviously those high moments of the fast are great. You know, when you're feeling close to God and you are connecting with him and, mm-hmm. you know, things are positive, but it really is the hard days where like, all you want to do is go home and just be on your phone or watch TV yeah. or have ice cream, whatever. That's when you're really tested. And that is the, mm-hmm. like, that's another huge point of fasting is to switch your mindset, almost like create new habits so that your first response rather than going to that one worldly thing is to pray or like is to read your Bible. Because at the time when you're fasting, that's like, quote unquote, all you can do. Yeah. But it's supposed to shift to your mindset to that's what I do first every time. As humans, we want to just feel good. We just always want to feel good. Whether that's like, I've had a long day. I just want to come home and eat a bowl of ice cream. Or I don't want to think. I don't want to read a book. I don't want to do anything. I just want to scroll and just laugh. Or if I'm sad, I want someone to physically give me a hug or tell me you're going to be okay. And sometimes like with God, he's not physically there to give me a hug or he's not verbally going to be like, Abby, I've got you. It's just, you have to have those moments to listen and to just be with him, to know him and to feel that. You know, and we miss it a lot when our minds are so distracted or we try to get that like good feeling with just the easy things as opposed to where we're supposed to get it from, you know, like our father. Yeah, I listened to a podcast during the fast and it was a psychologist and she was saying how um, social media or just our phones in general are the most accessible painkiller of our generation today. Like they actually look at it like clinically as if it is a painkiller because it is like immediate release and numbing from something that's going on. I've ever like been in a group of people and like they all start talking and then immediately you pull out your phone because they like edge you out and instead of like processing the fact that they just did that and you feel really bad about yourself you just like look at your phone pretend I'm busy yeah but it's like that immediate painkiller 
in a sense. And so if we have that at our hands every day, we're almost like a little bit spoiled. And I think sometimes God wants us to sit with him with our icky feelings, our pain. And I don't think that we have the threshold to do that as much as we could before phones, social media, because when you have something so easily right now at your fingertips that you could just like not deal with those emotions, you're going to grab it. And so that's really challenging as well. I don't, God doesn't want us to be in pain, but like, he also knows like we have to feel those emotions in order to process them in order to bring that bring to them us. to him. Yeah. He's with you in your yeah. anger and he's with you in your sadness and we have to feel it. <laughs> One thing that's interesting that you just said was about how like the phone and that kind of stuff is like painkiller. And yet when you're on it, it also brings so much pain and insecurity and comparison and all of that. It's like, that's crazy how the devil can use that where it's like, it feels so good. And you don't realize that the entire time you're looking at TikTok or Instagram, you're just like, I'm not as pretty as this person. Oh, look at their vacation. Oh, look at this. Oh, look at this the entire time. Wow. We're going to wrap it up. But kind of going back to like August, September, like when you're on the podcast at first and things are like super uncomfortable and different and lonely and all those kind of things. Me and my mom were talking the other day and she was saying how things don't change until it's uncomfortable. Mm. If you are comfortable in what your situation is, how everything looks, there's no reason to step out. There's no reason to move. There's no reason to for any growth. But when things are shaken, things are uncomfortable, you have to move. You have to get out of that, which causes growth. And a lot of times leads to like growth and blessings. I mean, uncomfortable is not fun. But what comes from that, if you do it like you guys are doing it with trusting him and with joy and a cheerful heart, it's like, I'm uncomfortable. God, help me through it. I want to do it the way you do it Mm -hmm. is what he's going to bring you to because it's going to bring so much growth like during the pain, but also like lead to so much like even now you're looking at it like how your season was and you're still it's not like you've quote unquote made it or you're like oh yeah now I'm doing this so everything's great but you're seeing what God brought you from and where he's leading you to and all the blessings in between even though you're still in the same season same situation God didn't remove you from that Mm. he didn't say oh you don't like Washington you don't like that your husband works all day and then you're at home I'm gonna move you to Florida your husband's gonna have a normal job he'll be back at normal hours you'll have a normal job blah 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 blah. like he didn't do that he's like no I have you for this reason but I'm gonna give you a dog I'm gonna give you a job that you really like and I'm gonna start pushing you to reach out to get community. And I'm going to start showing you a church that you're actually really going to love. And now I'm going to push you to get connected with that church doing that. And so that he's growing you because you don't know what God has for you. And on this side of it, you don't know like who you're going to end up reaching. You don't know why you're in Washington. Like maybe there's one person God's like, I need Abby to impact this one person in Washington. And he's just waiting for you to meet that person and reach it. I also want to encourage you that like, I know, you know, parts of like where you were at and how even like you were so discouraged, but like, I mean, you still had a smile on your face. You were still like, I'm here, you know, it's hard. Now even seeing where I know it's not your dream where you're at right now and what you're doing, but the way you're just, your heart is, you're like, okay, God, you've literally just surrendered and just gave it to him cheerfully. God wants to use that. He gets so much joy and it pleases him so much. 
Thank you so much for saying that. Just like you said, it's not like everything is just fixed. I still have really bad days. It hasn't been the best yeah. week ever. You know, there, there's still a lot going on. And I still have days where I'm like, I still don't understand why I'm here and I want to go. Like, yeah. if you're feeling stuck, sad more often than not, then God really wants to shift your perspective. Yeah. Like, God wants you to give it to him, change things. He does. He that for you it's not going to be like this forever where you're at right now and these intense feelings you're having are not going to feel this intense forever yeah like that's hard to hear when you're in it because it feels impossible but it's true and so it's not going to solve everything but it is so beautiful that we get to be in relationship with a god that wants to take on our issues and help us through all of our silly little human emotions (laughs) Yeah, cast our anxieties on him because he cares for us, you know, and I we need to do that. <laughs> Give it to him. He wants to hold it. Like he'll take it. Yeah, and he doesn't have to either. Like I think about like God is so big and the fact that he looks at us and our like in our humanity and in our anxieties, the thing that we're anxious about, like just probably seems so small to him. And the fact that he cares about it is why like he is a father. And so like we have access to that. Every person has access to that. So we should use it and stop trying to fight our own battles. To kind of finish it out, I want to know like, what are your prayers like right now? What are some like major things that you're praying for? My prayers right now are definitely for community. We're still trying trying to figure it out. We've taken steps and we're yeah. we're farther along than we were six months ago, but still hard. And we still want to have people that we can have over for dinner and encourage us. Yeah. And you're a very social person too. If you can't tell from this podcast, I love to talk. So. Yeah. We need you to have friends. <laughs> Yes. So just having people that we can just be in like constant community with. It's a big prayer of ours. I'm still trying to figure out my future. I'm still feeling that like post-grad in your 20s. I'm not where I'm at and I don't know what God wants to do with my life in a practical like daily sense. I don't know what's going on. I just want God to give me some direction on like what the future holds for me, you know, where he's calling me to ministry wise. And my constant prayer is to make the most of our time here Um, We live in a place, I live in a place geographically in Washington state where people are like they're sad and people are negative I was very resentful and angry about that at first and now that I talk to people like that on the phone every day and interact with them at my job all the time I feel like I want to bring a light to dark places James and I both and so that's a big prayer that I pray every day so the way to work is like God help me to just like make people feel a little happier feel a little bit of a release from the darkness that they seem to be walking through I was gonna say that that's what you are I mean even like at school even when you talk now you are a ray of sunshine and so the fact that God took a ray of sunshine and brought it to rainy cold Washington he's bringing light to that place I mean, I'll definitely be praying for all those things to finish it off. Could you just like pray, pray us out, pray for people listening, you know, if they're in a similar season, either, you know, feeling lonely or just wanting to hear from God or, you know, all those things that we talked about. You just pray. Absolutely. God, I just thank you so much for 
this moment, Lord. I thank you so much for every person that is listening to this podcast right now. Thank you for their life. And I thank you that you are with them right now and that your presence is with them. And I pray that they can feel your presence in this moment, Lord. I just thank you so much for who you are. You're so big in everything you do, but you care about the smallest things in our lives. I thank you you're, that you're a father, that you take care of us, that you protect us that you love us so well, God. I just want to pray right now for anyone who is feeling lonely or isolated. I pray that you would begin to shift their perspective in a way where they can see you in small moments, in a way where they can trust you when things feel so low and so heavy, God. And I pray right now for those who are feeling confused about their life and their future, Jesus, that yet again, that you would help us to lay down every strong emotion at your feet and give you our yes. Say yes to your plan, even though it wasn't in our cards. And say yes to your ways, even if it confuses Mm -hmm. us, God. We just trust you with every part of us, Lord, because we know you're good. And so wherever you're at, we're there too, Jesus. And so I just thank you so much for who you are. And I pray that you are just with us in every moment. Amen. Thank you for coming on the podcast again. Thank you for having me again, Abby. I love this podcast. It, I love listening to it because it's just so centered around the Lord. Uh, it's not like self-help. It's not about ourselves. It's so much about God. You're just like so good at what you do. I love you. Thank you for being willing to just share your story, share what you're going through. And, you know, I'm going to put your Instagram and stuff. So if people are in Washington listening to this, they can hit you up. Ask me to get coffee because Lord knows. Hey, I found you from the Whoppersley podcast. Can we get coffee? (laughs) Be my friends, please. Thank you so much. I love you and I appreciate you. I love you too. Have a good rest of your night. You too. And thank you guys for listening and we will talk to you soon. Bye y'all. Thank you for listening to The Wild Pursuit. If you would like to support this podcast to continue to hear new episodes, you can do so by clicking the link in the show's description. Thank you guys.